Let's just pray this morning. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you that, Lord, uh, it's your it's your heart. It's your your heart that is calling us, that is moving us, that is restoring us, which is making us whole. We thank you for your presence here this morning. And there's there's a lot of stuff that you're doing. There's a lot that you're saying, but it, we know that it is all for our good. It is all for your glory, Lord, and it is all because of your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, it is really good to see you guys this morning. It's good to be here. Um, Holy Spirit's up to something. He's, he's, sometimes he's Jehovah Sneaky, and he's behind the scenes. He's doing something. Jehovah Sneaky. That's not mine. That's somebody else came up with that. Wow. So this morning I was I was in prayer and God's been moving on my heart for for some time on some stuff. And it's really interesting that when you start to uh, move out in the spirit um, and you start to hear stuff and he's talking with you and and um, it, everyone's in different they can hear a different expression of how the Holy Spirit speak to them. Some people, they only hear him in like this massive storm of a wind. And then some people, it's just kind of like a, a heart stirring. There's like, it's super subtle. Um, and we know that, um, uh, we know that he speaks to us in dreams. Kim had an awesome sermon a couple of weeks ago about how he speaks to us. Um, and Holy Spirit did something awesome and special in her heart. Uh, with a, with a, a dream, but I wanted to. Uh, we're going to close out this month. Uh, we've been talking about grace um, and all the different things that that grace does and its operational power. But tonight, today, I wanted to share on something. I'm calling it grace. It's called the care killer. So that's what my last series today's uh, last last uh, sermon this of this month's called the care killer. So if you guys have anything, write that down. And pretty soon we have a video I want to show you guys. And so the guys are going to get that ready, and they'll give me a thumbs up whenever they are good to go. Um, but um, I just want to... Uh, um, um, so uh, I saw, like, you guys know the 3D glasses? You guys ever been to a 3D movie? No? You guys ever looked through 3D glasses? And how many of you guys know that if you're looking at a 3D image without 3D glasses, it will give you a headache, correct? If you're looking at a non-3D image with 3D glasses, it will give you a headache. But it is only when you're looking at a 3D image with 3D glasses, do you finally get the intention of what the maker of that picture is trying to present? And sometimes life comes at us in multiple dimensions and we don't have the right tool to see what is trying to be portrayed in front of us. And it is only when you put on the dimensional glasses that allows you to see what's going on here on earth 
as it is in heaven to you see, okay, God, you're up to something and I don't have the full picture. As a matter of fact, I get a headache if I don't look at it through your tools, through your eyes, through your spirit. Amen. So I, uh, we're going to, uh, we're going to talk about a few things this morning and, um, I know that the Holy Spirit, he says something. He says through Jesus, he he said this. He said, cast your cares on me because he cares for you. Right? Have you guys heard that? It's in the Bible. It's really good. Right now, we have in some area, and this, this last week, I have, the Holy Spirit has been showing me some cares that I have been having that he's saying, Hey, can I please have that? Can I have that please? Like right now, right now, there are some things that we go through that there are some cares and he's like, Hey, can I have that? I'm not going to take it from you, but if you let me, I will do with that what you have not been able to do. You guys following me? You guys tracking with me? There are some things that you have and you're walking through that you were not made to walk through. He was made to carry you through. It's not for you. The experience is actually not tried to show you what you can do through the worst period of your life or confusing period of your life. It is going through the season because he plans on carrying you through it. And you're not supposed to do it without him. As a matter of fact, he has already equipped you with what you need to get through this season. And if you, it's up to you whether or not you decide to use what he's given you. So I want to show this video clip real, real quick. All right, go ahead. Here, bring down the lights. Turn out the volume. All right, thank you. So, that's what I see happening. There is the technology to get you through. But if you don't use what he has so obviously provided, he will not make you. He will not make you do it. As a matter of fact, you guys are, some of you guys hear the noise that happens in your life when you don't do and use what he gave you. And it's, it's an annoyance to everyone around you. Have, have you guys ever been affected by somebody else's problems? You just, all they do is they come into work and all you hear is the rattling of that dolly 
and, and they're just complaining to everybody. And they're saying, you know, oh, I'm going through this. And, oh, this person's going, and this person did this to me. And all you hear is the complaining. Or maybe that's you. Maybe you're in a season where it's just like nothing is going right. And I just want to throw this out to you. Maybe you're not using what he gave you to get through this problem. And maybe what you have to do is take a moment and actually look at this season differently than what you've been looking at it through. But you know what? Sometimes we get attached to how we look at things. Like we actually, the enemy will come in and lie to you about a situation you're going through. And what he does, he tries to connect you with how you look at a problem. So that that way he can tie you to that perception and he can keep you there. But Holy Spirit gives this amazing gift called repentance. It is the ability to look at life differently. And as we, that's actually what the word means. It means to change your mind, to change your mind. Everybody say, change your mind. And when you look at life differently, you're able to do with it what you couldn't do before because our perception creates our reality. We know that. All right. You guys turn in your Bible to, um, to second Corinthians chapter 12. You guys doing okay? All right, here we go. Second Corinthians chapter 12. I want you guys to come out next Sunday. Leanne is going to be sharing. She's going to be opening up our month of February forgiveness. It's forgiveness month here at open heavens. And, um, how many of you guys know how, how powerful forgiveness is in our life, right? Jesus forgave us. Now, how many of you guys know that forgiveness for us, when we are forgiven of something, it sets us free. But you know, the cool thing about us stewarding forgiveness is that as we have been forgiven and as we are living in the mercy of God, that when we forgive others, we are free. Forgiveness is a gift for you. When you whole offense against somebody else. You're not putting them in prison. You're putting yourself in prison. You get free when you forgive. I'm walking through this right now. <laughs> Holy Spirit's really helping me out. But this is what it says this in Second uh, Corinthians chapter 12. And I'm going to read. I'm going to actually read the majority of this. I just, I just love the word. You guys, just, when you read the word, you're just like, oh, this is this is really good. So I'm going to read in um, the New Living Translation. Actually, I'm going to read the uh, New King James. It says this, It is, not, is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago... Whether in body I do not know, or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows. Such a one was caught up in the third heaven. Do, have you guys ever heard of the, the first heaven, second heaven, third heaven? Okay, for those of you who don't, um, right now we live in what is called the first heaven. Right, This is a tangible, touchable. We can see it. It's known as a heaven. It's not, it is not like there is, there is this tangible touchable visual sense of heaven and then when paul talks about 
Actually, the Bible never mentions second heaven, but he does here talk about third heaven, and that's where God is. That is where we uh, live from. And we'll discuss this in another, uh, when I say live from, that's where, where God is seated in the right hand of the Father. And there's different dimensions, just like we, we know here, and even in our, in our world. We live in a four-dimensional world. But it says here, I knew a person who was caught up in the third heaven. Some Bible scholars believe that, um, that Paul here was actually kind of making a reference to himself. It says, and I, and I know such a man, whether in body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. He was caught up into paradise, speaking of that third heaven, and heard inexpressible words, which is not lawful for man to utter. Of such a one I will boast, yet of myself I will not boast, except in my infirmities. For though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool, for I speak the truth. But I refrain, lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or hears of me. So here he's talking about, he's going to tell a story, but he's not boasting. But he is, but he is kind of going to boast. But he's not going to boast. That's a, the uh, New Living Translation kind of brings it out that way. It's pretty fun. It says this in verse 7. It says, And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. One thing that Paul experienced here is when you come into relationship with the Holy Spirit, when you come into fellowship with Him, when you are praying without ceasing, when you have this amazing intimate relationship through the Holy Spirit, He begins to speak with you, and He begins to, you know, you have the mind of Christ now. You have the same fellowship with the Father, with the Godhead that Jesus did. And it's an amazing place because He begins to reveal things to you. It brings you peace. It brings you in unity with your brothers, with your sisters, with the family of God. It is the ministry of reconciliation. And what happens here is in, in the knowledge and revelation of what God shows you, you know what start to, it start to easy, I should say it's easy for us to start thinking that we have an advantage over other people. I don't know if you've ever met someone who is kind of higher and mightier. None of us have ever. I've never. No, I'm joking. Have you ever met someone who's like that? They just, wow, they've, they've been on the cloud. They've, they've been on the mountain. And it's like there is this kind of mightier than I expression, that you, the vibe that you get from this person. And Paul says here that, man, I'm having these amazing revelations. And he starts to get here. And then it says, God gave me this thorn in my flesh. It was a messenger of Satan to buffet me. That's tough. Lest I be exalted above measure. Did you ever, I don't know if anybody's here, but I just want to throw this out there. Goes through this. Have you ever been in a season in your life where, man, God's moving and there's breakthrough and it feels like everything you pray is just answered and signed off by God and just things are being answered. And then there's this one thing, but like, you're like, Oh, there's all these things he's doing, all, but there's this like one thing you ever been there. It's like, now some of us are opposite. Some of us are like, there's only one thing that he's doing. And then everything else is just going to the wayside. But it's like, here's this one thing that it's like, Oh, come on, God. If only this one thing would change, then my life would be 
perfect. And there's this one thing. Does anyone here know what I'm talking about? You've been in life where there's that one thing that you're going through. It's like, God, you've answered this. You're faithful here. You do this. I have an awesome job. I got this. But this one thing is just, come on, what's going on here? Oh, this is where it's tough. You guys ready? Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times it might depart from me. God, take away this this thing that would remove what would make my life perfect. And this is Jesus' response. My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weaknesses. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. We need that thorn. The thing that the thing you need to get away from you so life can be perfect is what you need in your life for him to work out your perfection. We don't need the absence of of problems. We need the presence of the Prince of Peace. Your weakness is God's strength moving. When you feel that one thing that is in your life that is not movable, that you keep praying about, that's not moving, that isn't changing, God steps in and says, Look, my grace is sufficient in your weakness. That weakness, you're not focusing on what I've given you. My grace has made perfect in weakness. Everybody say, in weakness. And we all know what that weakness is. We know what it is. And it's like, God, are you going to take this away from me? Are you going to remove? Well, what you're doing is you're putting your focus on the issue and you're not putting your focus on his grace. This is a big subject in the body because we all have that thing. We all have that thing that has our heart wrapped around it. And it's like that one thing, man, God, if you could just take away this one thing, man, life, whether it doesn't matter what it is, therefore I take pleasure in my infirmities Oh, take pleasure. Oh, this is not good message. Bill, we need to delete this. This is not going to... I'm joking. I take pleasure in my infirmities, in my reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That's interesting. Can you be at a point in your life where your weakness 
is an indicator of how strong you are? Do you look at the absence of problems as a measure of success in your life? Or is it really a measure of your weakness? Or is the level of weakness that you choose to say, I'm, I'm weak? How many of you guys know that you can't, help a per, you can't help a person that doesn't have a problem? You ever try to help a person who doesn't have a problem? And you, you got some issues. No, I don't. You can't help that person. Because they don't have faith for change. They, they don't want to change because they don't think they have a problem. It is when you acknowledge you have a problem that you could do something about it. Right? I have an issue. God says, I have a solution. Are you weak? Are you weak? Yes, I am weak. Okay, now you're strong. Because you're honest with yourself. Do you have an issue? No, I don't have an issue. Then you're weak. Do I have an issue? I got an issue. You're strong. When, when you ask a liar if he's a liar and he says yes, is he a liar anymore? He's telling the truth. Right? He's telling the truth. No longer a liar. Because he's telling the truth about what he lies about. He's a liar. He's telling the truth. Right? Our weakness, our infirmity, our thorn is not something that we, we run from. And it's not a, this, isn't a, this isn't a sin thing. This is a, this is a, this is a position of, of who we are. This is an identity thing. This is something that God wants you to release to him. You can have all of the revelation. You can have all the knowledge. You can have all the scripture memorized. You can, you can, you can quote from in the beginning all the way till in the grace of Jesus, amen, in revelation. And you could still have all hell breaking loose in your life. It is only when we come into that, God, I have some issues, that he is able to do something about that. You position yourself to move outside your own strength. Amen? Woo, here we go. I'm going to keep going. I'm actually going to turn into a different passage. I want you guys, let's go over to Romans chapter 5. This is one of my, uh, one of my favorite Actually, it's my favorite book in the Bible, Romans. It just has, uh, Paul gives, uh, actually, the book of Romans, um, there, has been some, uh, presti- there are some prestigious uh, law schools that they make their students study the book of Romans as a mean to create an argument for a case because Romans is a book that gives such a wonderfully laid out case for someone trying to create a um, triadic case, create a, a debate and answer the debate within the case. And it, Paul is just an, an amazing, um, sorry, it's just an amazing uh, a book. Here we go. Let's read this in them. Let's read from the top. It's just too good not to read it all. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, whom 
Also, we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given, who has given to us. For, then, for when we were still without strength, anyone here without strength? In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that everyone say while we were still sinners still sinners Christ died for us much more than having now been justified by his blood we shall be saved from wrath through him for if this is so good for if we were enemies. We were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received the reconciliation. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world... And death through sin, and thus death spread to all man, because all sinned. The word says, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin was not impugned where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. Speaking of Jesus. Everybody say, but... The free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense many died, much more. Everybody say much more. The grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came through the one Offense resulted in condemnation, but the free gift, which came by many offenses, resulted in justification. I'm going to get to this here. Let's actually skip down to verse 20. Actually, 19 it says, "For as one, for as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous." Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. Here we go. And we know this. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ. Here's why I want to say, talk about, see, a lot of people equate sin. And when they hear that verse, what they do is they just, they, they think of everyone else's sin. They think of all the sin that goes on that they read about on the internet or whatever. 
but they don't look inwardly. And something that we have to do when reading the scripture is the scripture is very weak when it comes. It's really weak in grace when it comes to con, uh, changing the minds of other people. But it's really strong when you read it and it moves your heart. Have you ever tried to change somebody else with the Bible? You ever notice how it doesn't work very well? Have you ever tried to do that? Guys, have you ever tried to read to your wives, wives submit to your husbands? Do they just take it with like, oh my gosh, that's a word of the Lord. <sighs> Thank you, honey, I needed that. Is there anything I do for you? <laughs> Y'all don't get the phone calls. David, my, my, my husband is, is using this as a slave driver. Or, 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 or what about when she reads back to you, husbands lay down your life as Christ laid down, you know, just go stand out in front of a truck. That will deliver me. You want to give your life for me? I want to see it. Do you really love me? Jesus lavished us with gifts. Why aren't you lavishing me with gifts? Just go buy me some, you know, goot, you know, I won't name some brands here on live streaming. The Bible is very, it's not good when you try to use it to change other people. But when you use it to change yourself, when you use it to take it and say, God, whatever you want for me, that's for me. Amen. Right? That's why we use the word. That's why we have the word is because it changes our heart. It stirs our heart. It, it really stinks when you're trying to change somebody else. You're not going to change them. You're going to change them. Y'all got that. All right, here we go. I like, I like what Proverbs 12, 25 says. It says, anxiety, Proverbs 12, 25, anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down, but a good word make it glad. Your heart can easily get weighed down. And a lot of times it's easy to agree with what you're going through as a means for when it is gone, then you are free again. So that, it looked like a lady. Was that a lady dragging that dolly on the video? I think it was a lady. So um, here we have people, and they're, if, they're, if you're dragging through life and you have an issue, if you have something that's just not going away, and it's, it's not easy, I want to challenge you today that maybe how you're carrying, how, maybe how you're going through life right now is the problem. Maybe your form is creating more of an issue than what you really need to get through this stage and season in your life. Maybe all you have to do is change your positioning of how you carry this issue. That, that's what I feel God is, is doing in me. This, um, I'm gonna, I'll be a little personal right now. I have a, um, uh, someone in my life, y'all don't know him, 
Um, but in my business, there's, uh, there's, you know, when you, I have a, a very small business that I run on the side. It's just for media and video and stuff. And this guy owes me some money. He's been owing me money for about two months. And the Lord's like, just relax, David. I'm like, yeah, but this guy, like, his past due date, he owes this much money, he needs to pay up. And the Holy Spirit's like, well, do you want the vengeance or do you want me to have the vengeance? And I'm like, well, can I part you, partner with this with you? I mean, co-labor, can it be co-vengeance, you know? And he's like, look, do you, do you want this or do you want me to take care of this? And I'm like, okay. Are you going to use this in a sermon? And he's like, yes, I'm going to use this in a sermon. And it's like people, like, and do you know the funny thing about this is? Like, I knew that this was going to happen with this person. And one thing that I, I learned a couple years ago, I was doing some work with um, – uh, an, another man who was an attorney and the attorney, he, um, I don't know if he's a believer, um, but the dude had a lot of wisdom, just an amazing level of peace. And he did risk management and we were going through a, a business scenario where, um, I was working with this lawyer for a client and the client ran in through some, some expenses that they didn't count on that were not in the budget. And the risk assessor attorney came to me because I was in charge of making, I was the project manager. And he came to me and he was like, this isn't an issue. I'm like, yeah, this is, this is a big issue. This is a big price issue. He was like, no, 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 this is a great, this is, this is awesome. Like, what is, aren't you the risk assessor? What is going on? You're, you're not doing your job. I mean, come on, you know, you're supposed to be like, help me. And he was like, no, 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 this is just a $1,000 lesson. And I was like, is there a discount that I can get somewhere on this $1,000 lesson? And he's like, no, 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 this is a very valuable lesson. It is going to cost you $1,000, but this is a valuable lesson. And what I saw from this man, what he showed me, and I feel the Holy Spirit was showing me through to him, is that when we look at the price tag of what we're doing, and we don't realize the investment in ourself. We are putting more emphasis on money than we are on our own investment. Do you guys know that you are an investment? And do you know you invest in yourself? Like right now, there are things that are in your life that you are investing in right now. Like your thoughts, your, you are investing how many of you guys have made some good investments in your thought process? But then let's talk about the bad investments. You have some bad investments that maybe you invested in when you were really young and you never sold out. You never sold stock in those mental investments. And now you're like, you, those are just, they have no return. And how many of you guys have, anybody ever been in the stock market? Let me see your hand. If you, if you are trading, let me see your hand. Anyone in the stock market? Okay. Here's the interesting thing about the stock market. I've, I've known people that trade, I, I trade, and there are people who have a good experience and they have people who have a bad experience. And the, there's a very funny response from the, from the two. Uh, this one man who I, I know, he 
bought in. He was making a lot of money, and then he like lost it all. And you know what he said? He said, "I'm never, I'm never getting in the stock market again. Never. I'm never doing that again." Okay. Then I heard someone else who who had made a lot of money in it, and, he, and I'm talking with him about investments, and he's like, "Look, it's not for everybody." It is stewarding your money, and you have to be very intentional with your decisions. Don't ever get comfortable. Always be learning about the market you're investing in. And I was like, okay. So here you have one person who made a definitive statement saying, don't do it. It's bad for you, blah, blah, blah. Then you have another person who's like, look, yes, I have been blessed, but stay aware. So here's what we do. You can go through life and you can run into something that hurts you, that robs you, that makes you feel like life has been sucked away. And the typical response is, don't do that. Don't do it. Just stay away from that. It's going to hurt you. Why? Because it hurt me. It's definitely going to hurt you. And you're not better than me. So stay away from it. And then you have the other person who is like, look, it's just, yes, I have been blessed from it. But anyone will tell you, you need to be wise. You need to be wise with your decisions. You need to stay on it. You need to be submitted. You need to, you need to be studious. You need to be reading. This is, this, is, this is very important. We're not doing this just to frivolously throw things. There's a plan. There's a goal. And we are intentional about it. Do you know what the other person did? The person who lost it all? You know what they did? They just threw everything in it. And they were like, come on, big money, big money. They lost it all. Because they were not, they were not a student of what they were investing in. See, in life, what happens is, is we can be, uh, let's just, let's just throw everything in this. Or, you know, some people just, they invest everything and I'm going to, here's an idol. Some people invest their whole life in their family. And for some people that they, they think that would be a good idea, but they invest all their life in the family, but they don't invest any in the kingdom or they don't invest any in their career. More importantly, they don't invest anything in themselves. You know, I love my wife, and I have a ministry to my wife, but my wife is not the most important thing in my life. My relationship with the Lord is the most important thing in my life. Do you know the next most important thing in my life is? My relationship with myself. Do you know what comes next? My wife. Do you know why? This is what the Bible says. It says, love one another... As you love yourself. If I put more stock in how I treat my wife than how I think, listen, listen closely. If I don't treat myself right, then I will reduce my ability to treat her right to the level that I treat myself right. Because I can only love her as much as I love myself. And if I give her that place in my life that I really need to steward in myself, then what I do is I make her the source of my love. And when she loves me in a way I don't think I should be loved, I haven't given her power to rule over my emotions. That's not healthy. I have to, I am only going to love her to the level that I respect and honor myself. But the level of respect and honor that I do to myself comes from how I respect and honor the Lord. 
And then some people give more, they give more stock into their children's than they do their spouses. That is not a good idea. But then some people don't, some people put their family over the Lord. That's not, some people, see, so there's there's a balance. It's very intentional. But I realize that, that how I live in my quiet place and what I draw from in the Holy Spirit and what he gives in me, and I honor this and I steward this, and then I say, okay, look, I, is there a responsibility to, for me to minister over my wife? Absolutely. But what, you know what the enemy wants me to do? He wants me to be condemned if I don't minister to him. And so what I have to do is I suffer over here in order to minister over here but then I just lost my source and now I'm not drawing in anymore. And then I get empty over here and then I fail over here because I didn't stay connected to what was over here. It's called, you know, when we talk about time management, this is called heart management. And the Bible says this, it says, guard your heart above all things. For from it flow the issues of life. From your heart flows the issues of life. And if your cares are dragging you around, you're a slave to whatever happens to you. If I don't use what he's given me. If I don't say, Holy Spirit, let's, let's hang out today. I need you time. What are you saying to me? If I don't even know how to do that, if you don't have, know how to talk to the Lord, you're not going to know how to fellowship with the other relationships in your life. That's one thing that I, I personally have learned that my ability to communicate with Holy Spirit actually transfers over and how I communicate with my kids. See, you know what I, I noticed? Holy Spirit, I, I felt like he said this to me about my kids. He said, they are learning how I talk to them by how you treat them. Correct? How many of you guys had, how many of you guys had, oh, don't, don't answer. Never mind. Don't answer this question. For those who have had a strict by the rules parental experience, they think, more than likely, they think God is a judge. Only there to good, bad. Or you're either off the hook or you're sentencing me. That's the way they see God. But a person who has a relationship with their parent who has no, no correction whatsoever, they just make up whatever theology they want. So um, there is this amazing, how many of you guys have ever heard this verse? It says, um, uh, what was it? Oh, man. It talks about in the word how a son receives correction. See, everybody gets corrected, but a son receives it. You know the difference between getting corrected and receiving correction? You want to be a son? We, we love the process of correction because we realize that there's growth in that. So with cares, grace comes in 
to relieve us of the cares that we're going through. And right now there are a lot of cares and our heart wants our heart wants us to be drawn to things because it says we need to we need to work on this we need to do this and i want to tell you what paul says here and he talks about the thorn yes you do need the thorn but the thorn has to be in its right place there is a place for the thorn in your life but it is not to rule over you it's to expose the move of grace in your life do you have a problem good That means grace is there. And as the body of Christ, we don't sell it. We're not, I'm not not just saying, yay, everyone has problems. I don't, I don't, I think that's perverted. I'm saying we understand that in our weakness, we are strong. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, hey, let's, let's glory. Hey, let's all be this way. No, let's. Let's look at this in a way that exalts the Lord, but also does not sabotage the process of our growth. Don't be so stressed out about your problems that you forget about the grace that's going to carry you through the problems. And if you have a lopsided, whenever I have a lopsided version, I'm going to go back to my story. If I give this person that owes me more money, if I'm putting more stock in the thorn than I am in his grace, then I have just decided where, what I'm drawing from. And that place of unforgiveness, it's like, Holy Spirit's like, look, man, I will take care of this. I will take care of this. You can relax. Just relax. But what if what if he doesn't pay me? And he's like, do you want to know that question? Or do you really want what I want to give you? And then I think back of what this older gentleman taught me. Man, if he if he doesn't pay me, have I made the choice already what my soul's gonna be like? What is it gonna look like in the mirror of the spiritual? What does your soul look like as you look at it in the spiritual reality? Or what does your spirit look like? So, Holy Spirit, I just invite you to expose the things that we have put into. We have put too much stock into those things. And we have, we have actually, it's not a matter of acknowledging the weakness, but we have bought into the stock of our weakness and we have given it power. We have given it a level of authority that has reduced the operational grace that you want to work into us. Because we know that when we are weak, you said we are strong. Ooh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Does anyone receive that this morning? All right. Thank you. Um, Let's just pray, and we're going to dismiss you guys this morning. Um, As you're going through your week this week, I want you, if you don't mind, just to pay attention. Pay attention to Holy Spirit. Pay attention to what He brings up. And I want you to listen for... I want you to listen for peace, and I want you to listen for what he is activating because that because the problem always wants us to activate a just oh well whatever this is the way it's going to be it's it's an apathetic way of looking at your problem 
God does not give you an apathetic way of looking at your problem. He gives you grace and he gives you a promise through the problem. Focus on the problem he's giving you, or the, the promise he's giving you. Amen? Yes. Holy Spirit, I just thank you for this morning. I thank you for what you have put in front of us. Lord, it's just an amazing picture of you just wanting to wash us. Lord, it is, the, uh, it is just an awesome message of peace that you're bringing us. You're giving us an amazing grace this morning. And I just, Lord, there are, um, there are people this morning who are sick. They are not feeling well. And I just thank you that you, God, are doing an amazing churning of our hearts, that you are the author you're the stewarder and you're the finisher of our faith. Lord, and we, we focus on the grace that you have put in our lives. And we know that your grace is made perfect in weakness. Lord, we celebrate grace this morning. We celebrate the relationship that you have restored through Jesus Christ. And I know that there are many who have only heard of Jesus as a historic figure they have not had an encounter with your heart or maybe they have and they just didn't know it was you i know that you said in the last days that you will pour out your spirit on all flesh and lord i know that many people have had amazing encounters with you and if there is anyone here who has and you just want to jump into a walk and being discipled in that voice and learning how to steward that voice then I just want to tell you that that is actually the call of God on your life. That is a calling. He is saying, look, I just don't want to be like a passing stranger who encourages you every other week. I want to be there every morning when you wake up. I want to be the face that you see when you open your eyes and the face that you see before you go to bed. I want to be your lover is what he says. He wants to have an amazing relationship with his people. He wants to do that. He wants to open up your eyes to things that only he can show you. Things that it feels like peace has been hidden. It feels like uh, problems are big. It feels like your purpose in life is blurry. And he brings an amazing focus to all of those things. And if you want that, I would love to join with you on that journey this morning um, and you can come to the front and we have an awesome discipleship team who would love to to join with you because this walk is not a walk you are called to to do alone you actually become a part of a body of Christ and actually start to express his beauty through what he has already given you so father we just thank you that you are calling forth the things in our life that are dead or maybe those uh, things in life that we don't understand and you're calling out to us, you're drawing us this morning. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Awesome. Tonight we have life groups. Um, if you guys want to, um, uh, Bill's house tonight and also Neem and Megan's house tonight, it's going to be an awesome time. If you're not plugged in, you really want to be because it's a ton of fun. We always have a good time. Hope to see you guys tonight. Bye.